0: You're listening to Season 7, Episode number 8 of Strike the Match. Hey folks, got some exciting news. Two of my books, just published. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. Hey, listener, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Strike the Match. I always consider it an honor when you allow me and uh, this podcast to be a part of your listening experience. And so I uh, just want to show my verbal appreciation today by saying that to you. This episode has been a long time in the making. I've been looking forward to uh, sharing uh, this news with you today, and that news is um, two of my books, uh, Apostolic Imagination and Theology of Mission, uh, were both published just uh, within the past uh, several days, and um, they uh, are hot off the press. Two different publishers Apostolic Imagination: uh, Recovering a Biblical Vision for the Church's Mission Today, uh, released with Baker Academic and uh, Theology of Mission: A Concise Biblical Theology with Lexham Press. I, um, I kind of joked around uh, on social media, basically saying it's uh, it's kind of like um, um, having twins, so to speak, when it comes to the book world experience. Um, you know, having one book is uh, is an exciting opportunity, uh, and you're always thrilled to see that released and 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 make the light of day because uh, you know it's uh, it uh, writing a book takes a long time. Uh, when you do two, uh, that's um, that's even more of a challenge and um, and definitely another level of excitement. I've never done this before. And so uh I think it was you know covid forcing uh, you know lockdowns and quarantines and things of that nature uh that you know whenever you take someone who's kind of a borderline extrovert introvert and um already you know tries to set a goal to write you know one book a year um <laughs> you know you, you find yourself uh, in your in your study uh with um with a lot more time in that uh, environment, and so why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, why not do two? And so, um, so anyhow, uh, these two works have now seen the the light of day. And uh, thank you all. By the way, while I'm thinking about this, thank you all for those of you that have been posting uh, on social media, uh, either. Uh, Referencing, citing these books or uh, photographs that you you have posted, uh, having received them, and just encouraging other people to check them out. I, I again, um, I do not say this lightly. I really am honored when when you do that, and I just say thank you so much because obviously, you do not have to do that, and to share that with uh, folks within your your circles of influence. Um, that, that's very humbling uh, to me. And so I just uh, want to say I, I thank you so much for those of you that have already been doing that. Um, but anyhow, I, um, I want to spend a little bit of time sharing some of this information with you today information from these two books to kind of give you an idea of what these uh, books contain and um, a little bit about where things are going here on, uh, on the podcast. But before I get to that, I um I want to want to kind of give a little shout out here. Um, so you know, podcasters are always uh, looking for um the ability to kind of know who is listening, and we've been tracking stats for years. You know, where our listeners are are coming from, and things of that nature. Uh, this uh, this show right now uh, that you're listening to. Uh, season seven, episode number eight. It's actually the ninety fifth, the ninety fifth episode of Strike the Match. Um, I know that that is not uh, a very high number. There are many other there are many podcasts out there, uh, several of which that started after this one that um have much higher uh, numbers of episodes. But um, but I'm thankful, very thankful that um uh, you've been along with me in this journey, and uh, and so I'm. I praise the Lord for episode number 95 here. But, uh, but I'm looking at the stats uh, that uh, kind of are uh, the, um, uh, the systems that basically are, are, are tracking the numbers behind um, listeners and things of that nature. And so so what what's going on with Strike the Match? Well, here's my shout-out. I want to give a shout-out out there to, to those of you in some other countries. This, this is quite encouraging to me. When I look at the top 10 countries that are uh, listening to this podcast, uh, I, am, I am incredibly, incredibly encouraged and incredibly thankful to, uh, to see uh, what I'm seeing, what I'm looking at here on my computer screen at the moment. Clearly, uh, this uh, podcast is primarily uh, being listened to by um, individuals within uh, the United States. However, where are the other nine countries throughout the world? So let's count them. After the United States being number one, we have number two on the list are listeners from the United Kingdom. So hey, thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, checking out this podcast. Um, My family and I, several years ago, uh, took a road trip. We flew into Edinburgh and uh, drove... Um, across Scotland and Wales and England, and um, uh, flew out of London, and it was just an amazing, amazing time, just a beautiful, uh, beautiful area there. So thank you all, thank you all for tuning in. Number three on the list, number three, India. Very excited to see or uh, hear about um, uh, a South Asian country, Uh, Hitting the top three list in uh, most listeners for Strike the Match. Number four on the list, Canada. Way to go, brothers and sisters up north. Appreciate you so much. You may be tuning in right now, listening to this, probably at your favorite Tim Hortons, having some Tim bits, maybe a double-double, don't know. (laughs) I'm jealous. Uh, yes, I have spent uh, a good deal of time in uh, in the eastern part of Canada, Atlantic Canada especially. Um, just beautiful, beautiful over there. A few trips into Newfoundland, uh, PEI, some other places. And so, um, so anyhow, thank you all for checking this out. Uh, number five, the fifth most listened to place on the planet when it comes to Strike the Match, Australia. So hey. Brothers and sisters down under, I uh, certainly appreciate you tuning in. Uh, By the way, um, let's just keep this between us, but uh, if you ever need someone to come and speak at a conference, uh, if you ever need someone to come uh, spend some time doing some training, hey, you may not have to twist my arm too much to get me to come to Australia, Um, so We'll just keep that between us let's not share that with anyone else hey what countries next on the list Sweden followed by South Africa Thailand Jordan and Malaysia so hey thank you all in all those um, countries across the world uh, that are listening to uh, strike the match uh, I uh, again I am truly thankful that is incredible. Uh, blessing and encouragement to see uh, hundreds, thousands, in some cases, uh, tuning in to, to these episodes. And so thank you, brothers and sisters, for uh, your walk and faithfulness with Christ, uh, wherever he's called you to be on the planet, and uh, keep up the great kingdom work in, in what what you're doing. Um, what else is going on? Well, y- you may have noticed uh, that there was a significant gap in um, episodes uh, here with uh, Season 7, and um, I had several episodes that were were going on, and then by the end of last year, actually last fall, October, November, December especially, uh, throughout January, uh, I was not posting um, at all until just just recently I, I posted a few few interviews. Uh, part of uh, part of the reason was because of a, because of a death in the family. and I know some of you have have been aware of this because of um, you track with me on social media. but um, but my mother passed away back in November of last year. And so she had. Um, it was very fast. It was very sudden. Um, she was diagnosed uh, with uh, with cancer in October, and uh, pancreatic cancer, and it had already metastasized. And so uh, she was diagnosed, and then in about three to four weeks uh, following her diagnosis, she uh, she passed away. And so obviously there is the you know that that time of mourning, and, and still in that right now. Um, and by the way, let me, let me just make a statement on that. You know, when the, when the Lord talks about, um, uh, through the writings of the Apostle Paul to the Philippians, that uh, there is His peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ, uh, that, that is a real promise. Uh, that, is, um, uh, that is that is a great truth to hold on to, and I can honestly say that God's presence uh, as the good shepherd and his peace uh, that that does pass our understanding uh, is very real and and it has been incredibly real uh, to me and to my family members since um, since last fall uh, and up until the present right now and so um, so anyhow just just dealing with you know the mourning uh, of loss of, of of my mother but at the same time uh, I. Uh, I am an only child, and so I basically uh, am overseeing uh, her estate and now having to address those issues related to uh, her properties and things of that nature, and um, and she did not live here in Alabama. She, um, she lived in uh, southeastern Kentucky, and so uh, the, it's been a challenge because of the distance, and so... Um, so we're working through a lot of those things related to your properties, uh, things of that nature. Uh, the great thing is, is that I have family members that also live um, in the same town. In fact, they live uh, on uh, lots adjacent to my mother's properties. And so I've got um, two aunts, uh, two uncles. I have um, have a cousin that live on the properties surrounding uh, my mom's uh Possessions in Kentucky, and so while we're away, uh, there are people there that can help and and also kind of oversee the things that are going on there. But but I tell you that just to, again to kind of give you an update on just uh, some things going on in my family, uh, reason for the big delay that's going on, and um, and because of because of these things, there there may be a, a few um, few gaps in the future here on the podcast uh, because of. Uh, just because of these changes that I am going through right now and uh, having to adjust um, uh, accordingly, uh, but I also say that to just ask for your prayers during this time. I certainly would appreciate uh, your um, your prayers for my family and I, and uh, and just thank you, thank you in advance for those. So let's um, let's think about these uh, the big news. <laughs> that I that I mentioned at the outset in the intro of this, uh, this podcast. So if you remember, I think it was in season six. Um, I don't think it went all the way back to season five, but if you remember back in season six, I actually did seven episodes here on the podcast that uh, was related to the book Apostolic Imagination that I was writing at the time and that is um, uh, seven episodes dealing with a variety of topics uh, really several of the chapters that's found in the book and so i want to encourage you if you uh, if you never listen to those go back and check those out um again i think it's i think it's season 6 i can't remember the numbers right off but if you just look uh, look through the through the titles of all the episodes, they're all in the same season, and they all start with apostolic imagination. It's like apostolic imagination, um, rethinking uh, language, apostolic imagination, rethinking function, and and you can see those there. And I think that those seven will be will be very helpful to you because because uh, I want you to check those out if you have not listened to those. Uh, some of you may want to go back and re listen to those again, uh, but of course, I want to encourage you to get a copy of of the book. Uh, so you've heard the podcasts, so let me encourage you to get a copy of of the book uh what what's in this book? What's in apostolic imagination? This book has been a long time coming. I have been wanting to write this book for years um, longer than any other uh, book that I've written and um and with the publication of these two, uh, the, uh, the that um, that makes me. Uh, at uh, 15. And so I have, uh, by God's grace published 15 books uh, at this point uh, in time. Uh, but apostolic imagination has been a book that I've wanted to write uh, longer than any uh, of the other 14 books that I have written. And so what I am doing in this book is is actually calling for a paradigm shift in the way that we think about the global task that the church has received from, from our lord and and to, and to ask some questions i don't give a lot i don't give any sort of formula in this book of how to solve the challenges that uh, we're experiencing i don't lay out these easy steps to to success in this book but I raise a lot of questions, and I try I try to go to the Scriptures and provide a foundation for principles that come out of the Scriptures. I try to provide a foundation for us to think about how to adjust our strategies and our methods, how we can be better Kingdom stewards when it comes to the Great Commission tasks that we have received. And, and so the book itself is really divided into two sections. The first section is called Foundations, and the second section is what's called uh, Reimagining Contemporary Missions. So in the first section, in the Foundations section, uh, I begin by talking about what is an apostolic imagination, and I talk about uh, the challenges that I see uh, that hinder us from having an apostolic imagination. And then I spend time in the third chapter talking about what is apostolic identity in the New Testament. And then in the fourth chapter, which is the last chapter in that first section, uh, I talk about apostolic function in the New Testament. And so a lot of the exegetical work, a lot of the uh, the biblical studies, if you will, for this for this book, and for the second half of the book to stand on, uh, is actually done in that first portion of of the book um I begin the book by telling an embarrassing story uh, i don't I don't know if I've ever shared this story uh, here uh, on the podcast before I know I've shared it in, in just just uh, just a, just two or three uh venues uh, I, in fact I don't even think I've I don't even think it's out there on no it is out there on social media because I, I I did I did give a presentation uh, on this book um, actually before it was published a few months ago uh, on a couple of um, uh, seminary campuses. And so I have told this story. So here's the story. Um, one time I got lost when I was driving. This was the before the time of—well, I did, well, let's say it wasn't before the time. I didn't have a smartphone, and I didn't have a, a GPS device in my car. I didn't have one of those Garmin things that used to sit on our dashboard— uh, this was in the day when I was using MapQuest printouts. Remember, remember that. Uh, where we print those maps out from MapQuest. Um, here's the embarrassing thing: I was I was coming through Nashville out of Birmingham to drive back to Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, it was uh, nine o'clock at night. Uh, I was to uh, be teaching the next day at uh, Southern Seminary, where I uh, served as a professor for a decade and um, and I'd driven the route numerous times, but i was I was distracted when I hit nashville. and And my mind was was elsewhere. I was thinking about a lot of good things at the time. I vividly remember what was going on. Um, I was engaged in in thought processes. I was engaged in spending time with the Lord and praying. I was engaged in doing doing things that I think were, for a drive, I, th- I thought I was being very productive, but here's the thing: I was distracted, and and I didn't realize it. But I got on the wrong interstate, and here's here's the embarrassing thing: I had driven the route from Nashville to Louisville twenty or thirty times. I felt like I knew it well, but I did not realize that I was lost and on the wrong interstate until I had been driving for almost two and a half hours. It was well over two hours before it hit me. I'm going in the wrong direction. And so I I begin the book by telling that story because I do believe that among evangelicals, we are doing a lot of great things, a lot of important things throughout the world, at home and abroad. But I think that we are missing uh, some of the most important things that we should be doing. And I think there are aspects of focus that we need to or I think there are aspects that we have lost focus on that we need to refocus on, if you will. And so so this book is really to 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 help us think about what was that mentality in the first century? that led the church to be engaged in the work she was engaged in. And so the second half of the book is really on rethinking mostly everything that we do in this thing that we call missions. So rethinking the language of missions, rethinking what it means to be a missionary identity, if you will, rethinking uh, priority do we do we give priorities to anything in what we do rethinking missionary function rethinking the location uh, rethinking strategy even rethinking the role of the church in in the west um so what what is the what is the apostolic imagination and i would basically say that the apostolic imagination in the first century was a spirit transformed mindset that helped facilitate urgent and widespread gospel proclamation, disciple-making, church planting, and leadership development. It established a mental framework related to the strategy that they were engaged in. And so um, let me do this. Let me just read you a little bit from the book, and and then I'm going to leave it at that. And then I'm going to talk just briefly about the other book, Uh, theology of mission. So I think these statements from Apostolic Imagination will give you an idea, based on what I've said, of where the book Apostolic Imagination will take you. So here we go. Yet with all the discussions, publications, and missions taking place, a great deal of confusion remains. The language of mission today is unclear. Is missions passing out gospel tracts in China or overseeing food distribution in Nicaragua? Is missions church planting in Iraq or constructing a building for a church in Russia? Or does missions include all of these examples and others as well? Identity. Missionary identity is unclear. Is every Christian a missionary or only those who relocate their lives to a remote location overseas? Are doctors and teachers missionaries, even if they do not share the gospel? Or are evangelists the only missionaries? The purpose and priority of missions is unclear. Do missionaries go to help serve people with great physical needs? If so, what is the difference between them and any NGO? Do missionaries go and share the gospel and do nothing related to social justice and physical needs? Is evangelism the priority or social needs? Or... Is there no overarching mission priority at all, but rather multiple equivalent actions? Practices are unclear. What are missionaries to do on the field? Are they to be involved in church planning activities? Are they to be involved in relief and development? Are they to be involved in training leaders, caring for the environment, freeing those captives to human traffickers, alleviating poverty? How should funding and sending structures be established? Should The church spend most of her money at home or abroad? Should people be sent to the reached or unreached areas of the world? Or are all locations equal? How should pastors be involved in sending church members to the nations? People are making inquiries about the church in the West. Is the West a mission field? Well, if so, it is unlike anything that has been traditionally labeled a mission field. If the West is a mission field, then how should the church which operates from a pastoral hegemony function in contexts that demand apostolic work and not pastoral work in the beginning? What about the role of the church in the West in a post-colonial age? If the church is larger and growing at a faster rate in the majority world, then how should Western churches consider the future of their kingdom labors? What does biblical partnership look like in the 21st century? My reason for writing this book is that the church has lost her way in the disciple-making task. She has ventured away from the path of the apostolic and continues down a road involving numerous important and good activities labeled missions. The need of the hour is to ask, what is the apostolic imagination that influenced much of the first century labors, and how does it affect the church's global task today? So, that gives you a little bit of the introductory matters of Apostolic Imagination. I do hope that you'll check out the other podcasts that I mentioned a moment ago, and I do hope that you'll get a copy uh, of the book, Apostolic Imagination, you can find it wherever you purchase your fine reading materials. All right, so let me tell you about his brother, (laughs) Theology of Mission. Uh, a concise biblical theology. I'm not going to say a great deal about this work um, today. I'm going to say I'll say some, but I want to actually do several episodes on strike the match, uh, dealing with addressing the content in uh, this book, theology of mission, and so I uh, I'll be sharing more with you uh, in some. Future episodes. We do have um, some other things uh, that we'll be doing on the um, the show, but I will definitely be spending some time going through significant portions of this book, uh, kind of like what I did in, in the previous season with Apostolic Imagination. But Theology of Mission, there are excellent, excellent books out there on Theology of Mission. Now, here's a fascinating thing. It's shocking in a very sad way, but it's fascinating nonetheless. And that is, the church. The church really did not get into developing theology of mission, if you will, and writing about it and discussing it uh, on a significant level until we got to the twentieth century. I mean, there were people throughout the the centuries that that addressed issues related to mission theology, but as far as as far as it becoming uh, very significant in conversation and literature beginning to be developed, it was really in about the 20th century. And the thing that's, that, that's, uh, that lit it on fire and, and caused the, uh, uh, the interest to grow and burn around this topic was really uh, the fact that for centuries, uh, people went into the world and preached the gospel from the West, and the church began to grow at a very rapid rate throughout majority world contexts, and expand. And so it caught the attention of many theologians and many church leaders in the Western countries. And therefore, we now find ourselves where we are today. So, I said there are excellent books out there. and uh, And they are out there. But many of them are very, very... Um, academic, they are. Some are massive, massive volumes, and so I wanted to uh, provide uh, a resource that could be very uh, beneficial, helpful to the um, uh, the the individual that may not be at that level. Um, or even desiring to read that much at that level of, of, of academic um, uh, production. And so uh, Theology Mission, a concise biblical theology, uh, we're looking at a book that is about 170 pages in length. And so I, I start in Genesis, and I run through Revelation, and i really trace i'm actually looking at the book right right here i really trace the the theme of of god's glory among the nations particularly through the fact that he blesses them and and i spend a great deal of time talking about that uh, the first couple of chapters just kind of set the stage I talk about what is a missional hermeneutic kind of give you an introduction into to that. And then I, I have a chapter related to the God who sins, that I believe that God is a he's an apostolic God. He, he first sends himself into his creation to call uh, those created in His image to himself through relationship and he blesses them. and, uh, and we see that pattern. Reflected time and time and time again throughout the scriptures, but then in about the third chapter, um, I I shift gears and I do something a little different than many uh, mission theologies that are that are written out there, uh, in that I I take the Old Testament in the uh, structure of the Tanakh, and so I look at in chapter three uh, mission in Torah, and then in chapter four mission in the prophets and then in chapter 5, mission in the writings. And so I cover the Old Testament in that tripartite structure that is uh, of the Hebrew tradition. And so uh, that is the way that I, I look at the the Old Testament and trace the, the theme of, of the mission of God throughout uh, those books. And then when we move into the New Testament, I look at the mission of God in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then the mission of God in the book of John, and then the book of Acts, and then I take the Pauline epistles, and then the general epistles, and then I, I look at mission in Revelation. And I conclude this book with actually uh, trying to to move us to think about, um, now that we know these things about God and His love for the world and His mission, you know, what next? How How should we apply these things to to life, and so I try to to conclude this uh, this work with a with a notion of application. Um, you know, one of the things that troubles me over the years is that a great deal of believers, when you ask them about um, a theology uh, or biblical support, maybe I should say, when it comes to God's mission, uh, oftentimes they only give you a few passages, and it's generally Matthew twenty eight, maybe Acts one, um, maybe it's a it's a passage, uh, preach the gospel to all nations, or something like that, but what is fascinating about the Scriptures is that it is a book about God's mission, and mission uh, runs on every page of the Scriptures. And so, uh, this uh, this work that has come out with Lexham Press uh, looks at that work of God in uh, His uh, His holy writings. And so, one particular pattern. I'll kind of leave you with this idea and wrap things up in this podcast. But one particular pattern that you see that repeats itself over and over throughout the scriptures in relation to God's mission is that there is someone that is being sent into the world, and that sending involves someone proclaiming hope through judgment, and as a result of those that hear that message of hope through judgment, they are able to enter into relationship with the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And once they enter into relationship with him, they experience and receive his blessings. And in turn, they are then to live out his kingdom ethic in relation to him, other people that are part of his kingdom, and those that are outside of the kingdom. And what does that ethic do? It drives them back into the world To repeat that cycle of sharing a message of hope through judgment, that others will come into relationship with him, that others will experience his blessing, others will live according to the kingdom ethic, others will be sent. And so, uh, this was a very exciting uh, work to write. I'm very thankful to see that it's out. I do hope that you'll get a copy of Theology of Mission, a concise biblical theology. Again, wherever you find your fine reading material, uh, you can pick up a copy, but I plan to do uh, several episodes on the podcast uh, covering material throughout this book. So stay tuned. Uh, I hope that you'll be looking forward to that. I know that I will. And as always, certainly appreciate you all. Thank you so much. You all stay safe. Lord bless you uh, in all that you do. Keep up the great kingdom work, wherever you may uh, be. And, uh, Thank you so much, once again, for tuning in to Strike the Match. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit JDPayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.